Hey everyone, I'm Jordy, the Bible School and Tech Director here, and welcome or welcome back to Impact Life Church's online experience. After the message, please take a moment to like or subscribe, but most importantly, we hope that this message inspires you to impact this generation for Jesus. Awesome. Well, we have been told that the short people need to stand on the stage, even though I'd like to be way down there, but I'll stand up here so you guys can all see me. Weren't those kids amazing? Do you know, you as parents, you have incredible kids. We are so blessed to have them in this church, but know what else we have in this church? And now most of them are downstairs, so they can't hear us. But I just want to let you know, the people who teach your kids on a Saturday night and a Sunday, they are incredible. They're dedicated to the Lord. They're dedicated to bringing the word of God to the next generation. So if you're in this room at all, we want to thank you. You're amazing. And for the ones that are downstairs, I just want to encourage you, if you see a kids worker walking around the church, they may look a little like this after church and before church, they're kind of moving faster. They're a bit more frantic, but just give them a high five, a hug, a thank you, because it really does mean the world to them. They are incredible. So this Christmas season, Joel and I are talking about because he came and today we're going to talk about because he came, there's rest and there's peace. And it's, <laughs> I thought there'd be one gigantic amen for that. Maybe even a collective amen. Thanks, Pastor Marlene. But could we not use a little more rest and peace around this season? I think we all could. I just want to pray and then we'll get started. Father God, thank you so much for this time together in your word. Father, we believe that your word is living and active. And we just let you do what you want to do today. And we thank you for it in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning will be a little different because we had so many fun things for you guys going on, including, wasn't that choir amazing around the perimeter? Oh, you guys may have been focused on, on Mac's wonderful voice, and then all of a sudden you realize, oh, they're everywhere. It was beautiful. But because we had all that fun stuff, the message is going to be a little bit shorter today. But I believe that by the end of this message, if there's anyone in here who does not believe that there can be rest and peace despite your circumstances. I believe that God will prove it to you today. Is that all right? All right. So when we're talking about rest and peace, really, everyone in here is probably different personalities. We've been learning a lot this past year about the Enneagram, which just is like a personality profile, really helps you understand yourself, really helps you understand your spouse. That's been a game changer. Helps you understand the people around you. But we all come with different personalities. And some of us are like the type that have to go, go, go on the outside, right? Always going to the next thing. And some of us are the type that go, go, go on the inside. That's more me. My mind is always going, always thinking, always planning, always coming up with an idea. But I want to talk today about rest and peace that starts on the inside of us. Now, if you can get that, if you can really get God's heart for you for rest and peace on the inside and see how it's an inside work first, I believe that you can see it on the outside. So when we're talking about rest and peace, both of them are, they're actually like spiritual states. They're spiritual gifts that God has given to us through Jesus. Because he came, we actually can have rest, right? Because he came, we can actually have peace. And before we can see it operating out here, we've got to see it operating in here. So I want to read you guys a scripture because ultimately the peace that you have is peace between you and God. Peace between me and God. 
So let me show you this in Ephesians um, chapter 5, verse 1. A lot of people ask me, um, what translation does Joel preach from? Because that's really good. And it's often the Passion. And so you'll see a lot of the scriptures today are from the Passion Bible. And this is what it says in Romans 5. It says, our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us. And he now declares us, hear this, flawless in his eyes. This means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God all because of what our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has done. True and lasting peace with God. We're talking this month again about because Jesus came, you and me have got true and lasting peace with God. It really doesn't matter what you did last night. It doesn't matter if you messed up yesterday. You have real peace with God. Peace with God has nothing to do with your behavior, right? It has nothing to do with how good you can act. True and lasting peace is something he did between him and Jesus, and Jesus was our substitute, and all we got to do is, yeah, I'll take some of that. I believe that. I want that. And that's it. There are some people in here today that may not believe this, but I want you to know God's actually already made up his mind about you. Doesn't matter what happens after church today. Doesn't matter if you cut someone off in the parking lot, although we would prefer that you don't do those kind of things. But God has already made up his mind about me and you. Isn't that beautiful? And in his eyes, that opinion does not change. It's true and lasting peace. And honestly, there are people who, who struggle to see themselves that way. And I believe if you can't see how God sees you in that way, that there's nothing between you and him, you'll never experience this rest in this peace that he has for you. So I encourage you today, as you're hearing a few of these um, scriptures, see yourself the way that he sees you, right? So that that true and that lasting peace is is there. And you know what? Think of it this way. Jesus' sacrifice, what he did on the cross is so, so much bigger than any mistake that you could do. His blood is and was and always will be enough. So there's nothing that can kind of get in the way of that peace. And I just want to encourage you today, if you are here, maybe you're visiting, maybe you're invited to see one of your cute little grandkids or nieces or nephews, if you're feeling like, I don't know if that's me, I don't know if there's peace between me and God, well, really, all it comes to is you receiving Jesus, you receiving that gift that he's given you, and you can do that today, just like that. And I believe you can do that by the end of the service today. So we're talking about, again, peace and rest. And I want to talk a little bit more about rest than peace. We'll finish up with peace. We're going to talk about rest in terms of how God gives it to us, and then how we actually walk it out in the natural, because I don't know about you, but I'm a very practical person. I'm like, okay, yeah, so tell me how. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But when we're talking about a heart at rest, first of all, remember, it is a heart thing, right? It's got to start on the inside first. But we're looking at what has happened because of Jesus, right? Now, God's heart towards us, I want you to picture it this way. He's got gifts flowing towards you. You may not have known that. You may not have experienced that. You may have thought, like, really, God thinks this way towards me? But let me show you this scripture. Pastor Joel actually read it last week, and I thought, oh, man, that's good. So I dug in a little deeper today, and this is John 1, 14. This, again, remember, this is God's 
heart towards you. And I want to really challenge you as you're hearing some of these scriptures. Think about this. God knows you're human. He made you, right? Did God make anyone in here a robot? No. He knows you need rest. So he provided all of this stuff. And this is what it says in John 1:14. It says, it's talking about Jesus, and I'm going to skip down a little bit, and it says, who came from the Father, overflowing with tender mercy and truth. Yeah, and when I looked up tender mercy, it talked about all of these things, loving kindness, goodness. So this is what he's overflowing in, right? Jesus didn't come to judge you. Jesus didn't come to condemn you. Jesus came overflowing with goodness towards you with loving kindness towards you, with favor towards you. I really like this. With sweetness towards you. Isn't that good? This is his heart for you. And another word was delight. He came with delight towards you. That's Jesus' heart. You may have grown up in a religious setting and just thought, no, Jesus came to give us some rules and parameters and maybe a slap on the backside once in a while for things we've done wrong. No, he came overflowing with kindness towards you. And one of those things of kindness is the gift of rest. Jesus isn't looking at you and thinking, could you do more for me? Like, could you be a better Christian? That's not the way that he's viewing us. And I love that when, um, that this is the way that God put it towards me. Um, he said, I'm not trying to take from you or require from you. I'm trying to get something to you. Right? This gift of rest is beautiful. It's something that he's trying to get to you. That's how much he loves you. So you don't serve a savior or a Lord who's, you gotta do this, you gotta do this, you gotta do this, and okay, let's measure up. Yeah, and this you're failing in, this you could do a bit better in. Sometimes we treat ourselves that way, but you gotta get a new thought. Everyone say new thought. You gotta see what we just saw in John 1, that he's overflowing with kindness towards you. I mean, some of us need to be a little kinder to ourselves, right? So he's not requiring something from you. He's trying to get something to you. We're going to see in a moment, that's this gift of rest. So because he came, because Jesus came, we can enter into this rest. First of all, peace between us and our God, right? Peace between us and our creator. And now peace with ourselves like when I think of rest really for me it's being at peace in me not me having to be go 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 all the time either out here or in here right and I believe that's a gift because my um, wonderful husband here he always talks about how he's like man I gotta like it's a full-time job just looking after me like I got a lot going on in here so I believe the gift of being able to be at rest with yourself that is very helpful Now, I wish I had Joel. um, He's really funny. Um, That's one of his gifts. And so he'll stand up here and be like, joke, 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 joke. And often they involve me. They're about me. He likes to talk about (laughs) things to do with me, like we're we're enlarging. (laughs) We've become enlarged. There's lots of things. And so I really tried hard to think of this morning. I'm like, I got the mic for like 35 minutes. There's got to be something I can tell you about him. I got nothing. The man is next to perfect. Now, 
I could tell you that, um, like, he's not best at grammar, and that Javen and I, his brother, do keep a running list through the services. Um, we have a, a, a note on our phones that we're both able to add on to. It's called Joelisms, or kind of like stupid stuff Joel says. But it's really good. And I got to tell you, it gets really good around the time we have a new baby because he's really tired. And the more tired he is, the more funny he is. So gear up around this March. There's going to be a lot to say about chest feeding again, right? <laughs> to get ready for that. The other thing we could get you to do is come up and do your camel impression, which you did for the Saturday night service last week and not for Sunday. But the man doesn't know what a camel sounds like. But who does? <laughs> Um, and speaking of camels, I had a cute little, <laughs> I had a cute little wise man up here today. His younger brother, Max, this morning, I come down the stairs, Mama, would you like to be one of the wise men in the Christmas story? And he's showing me a literal book he has, the Christmas story. I said, no, because I'm a woman. Were there any women there? Could I be a wise girl? He goes, mm, looks at the picture. No, but I think this camel's a girl. You could be the camel. <laughs> Thanks, Max. I'm covered in joy. I'm covered in joy. I'm all right. <laughs> All right, let's get back on track here. Rest. So because he came, let's look at where do we even find rest, right? If you look at Ephesians 3.17, you can look at that verse in any translation, and it's beautiful. And I've, I think all the translations bring out a different side of Ephesians 3.17, but I really like it in the Passion again. This is where rest is found, right? God has provided rest, remember, right? There's peace between us. He's provided rest as a gift to us, but we have got to hook up with him. We've got to say, yes, God, I'm going to enter into this rest. I'm going to hook up with you. And this is where it is found, all right? Ephesians 3.17 in the Passion, it says, And the resting place of his love will be the very source and root of your life. Rest is only found in him. It's only found in his love towards you. Notice it didn't say the resting place of your love for God, right? That's something that Joel and I have been really learning this year is that Christianity is not based first on my love for God, right? Christianity is based on his love for me. He loved first, then we experienced it and received it. And out of that, Wow, that wonder that, God, really? You gave Jesus for me? We responded out of love. So if you're trying to find rest or access rest in your life, this is where it's found. The resting place of his love will be the very source and root of your love, of, of your life. Now, the way that God put it to me is, Jamie, you need to learn to, um, this is a really funny word, but marinate in my love right? In John, it talks about make yourself at home in my love, continue in my love. You could say I got to incubate in his love. But if you really want to get this life, this rest, right? And this peace we're going to be talking about, it's going to start by just spending time in his love. You can't just, you know, you can't just run into God's presence. Okay, God, I need an answer. I need an answer. I need an answer. Okay, you're not speaking today. All right, I'll just go figure out the answer myself. Like that's not how it works. And often I find that the answer will come after spending time soaking in his love, reading scriptures about his love, thinking on those scriptures, quieting myself, and just sitting in his love. 
And so that's often where you're going to find the rest is just by marinating in his love. Another way you put it to me is that, um, like it says, it's the very source and root of your life. Look at God's love for you as your launching place. You're never going to launch out of it. You're going to be like a what, toaster, oven, uh, lamp, whatever has a cord. <laughs> Picture yourself with a little cord here. You're plugging into his love, but that's where you're launching out of, right? Anything that you do worth doing in life, you want it to be motivated out of God's love, right? You don't want it just to be your own thing. So that's first and foremost where we are going to find that, the resting place of his love. And for me, I think rest from what? Like if anyone's thinking about that, well, rest from searching, rest from striving, rest from doing, rest from earning. That's a big one. Resting from trying to earn that instead of trying to do something over here. Hey, God, did you see that? Like, I'm trying to earn something from you. Instead, we come into his love and we just, that's the resting place. Also, rest for what? We can rest from things, but we can get rest for things like refreshment, um, to be revitalized, to be restored, to get ready for your next season, right? There's rest for all of that. Now, like we just saw in Ephesians 3.17, rest is found in his love. I want to show you this because we all know the great love passage is in 1 Corinthians 13, right? So I want to look at verse 7 again in the Passion. And it says, this is talking about God's love. So love or God's love is a safe place of shelter. So you may have heard that verse before and translated this like love bears all things. So did you know that that verse, the translation for bears all things, is actually, says it's, it's translated as a roof. So love is a safe place of shelter that allows you, if you think about a roof for a house, right? Your house is probably your main resting place. I don't know, Joel likes to go to Starbucks a lot because he's learning about lattes. <laughs> he actually said the other day, could I have more latte with that? I'm like, no, 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 the whole thing is a latte, but we're teaching them, right, Carrie? She's been introduced to more to lattes, but generally, even if you frequent Starbucks, your home is your major resting place, and the roof, I don't know if you think about your roof often until it leaks, but the roof is a big part of that home, especially in our climate. God's love is like the roof. It's the safe place of shelter. So when you do come to, to rest, or when you feel like, man, I just need some rest, Think of it like this. He's given you a safe harbor. He's given you a safe place to come and just be. And to me, that's a huge part of rest is just being able to be. You know, when you go to a public place, maybe you go to a party or you go to work, you go somewhere. Joel always uses this word in the, in the drive there. All right, got to get ready. Got to be on, right? But when you get home, do you have to be on? No, you can chill. <laughs> Sometimes we tell them, turn it off. <laughs> No, we don't need any more jokes. <laughs> you can be off. But yeah, a safe place where you can just be. That's what God is offering you today. So take a look at um, this scripture, Psalm 23, verse 2 to 3. And this is really um, why what kicked off my rest journey. So I've been on a journey of learning how to rest. I'd say we both have been probably for the last year or so. And the reason I challenged you in the beginning that I believe God will show you you can be in rest and be in peace despite your season, despite your circumstance, 
is because we've never experienced rest to this extent, and yet we're in the busiest season of our lives. It's incredible that rest has nothing to do with this outside. It's all in here. And this is the scripture that kicked off that journey, really, for Joel and I. And I'm going to give you a few personal examples in a moment. But let me read it first. In Psalm 23, we often know this scripture because God is our shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd is how it starts. But we're looking at verse 2. So think of it this way. The Lord is my shepherd, so he offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brooks of bliss. Isn't that beautiful? Verse 3 says, that's where he restores and he revives my life or my soul. Is there not a better scripture for rest? This is what our God, because Jesus came, this is what he's offering us, a resting place in his luxurious love. Now think of it this way, like maybe an oasis of peace, maybe that's too frilly for you. (laughs) But close your eyes for one moment, okay? Just do this with me. Think of what that would look like for you, okay? Your shepherd comes and he says, come with me. If you come with me, I've got a resting place for you in my luxurious love. Come with me. This is what I have for you. I'm going to lead you to an oasis of peace and there's quiet brooks of bliss and this is where I'm going to restore you. This is where I'm going to revive you. Right? Joel said last week, you can open your eyes now. I hope you had some good pictures. I don't want anyone falling asleep. That's why eyes not closed for that long. Joel said last week, God had to put Adam to sleep in order to get a wife to him. Right? So often this is what your good shepherd needs you to do. You're looking for answers. You're trying to maybe provide. You're looking for how do I do this life? How do I raise these kids? How do I do my next step or find my next step? And your good shepherd is saying, shh. He basically needs to put you to sleep for a moment. But he's saying, quiet. Now come with me. This is where I'm going to lead you. I'm going to lead you to places that revive you and restore you. Again, he's not looking to try and get or require from you and me. He's trying to get something to us. And often we try and be that provider. We try and be that figure-outer. We try and make it happen. And he's saying, no, no, no. It's going to start out of rest in my love. And I need you to come with me and I'm going to show you. I'm going to be the one who restores you. You know, you can, um, some of us in this little section here, we like to look at trips for fun even. We like to look at like what's out there for sale, like where could we go in the world today. Usually involves a hot place. Um, For fun, Joel and I used to actually look at, there's a website where you can plug in all the cities around the world you want to go, and it'll build an around-the-world flight for you. Yeah, that's really fun. We should start a connect group on that. (laughs) Sounds like there's a lot of interest. But anyways, you can try and make that rest happen for you. Great, might be good, book a trip to Mexico, go, have a great time, come back with a tan or a burn, depending on your personality. But... Really, I would rather that God, he shows me how to rest, right? So let's look at that in a moment here. Um, but I want to see, in verse 2 it says, He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. Again, the rest is found in his love. That rest, it sounds like to me a place to stop and breathe and be. 
So I want to show you this. In his love, again, love is translated the word agape, right? Most of us know that, unconditional love. But taking it a step further, the Passion Bible teaches us that agape comes from two different concepts, two different words together. And one of the words is to lead like a shepherd. And one of the words is rest. So God's love for you and me, it involves him leading us like a shepherd into rest. Isn't that beautiful? Again, we're going back to what we said in the beginning in John 1, that he is overflowing with tender mercy and kindness towards you. And one of those gifts in there is rest. That's what he wants for you. So what happens in that resting place? It said in verse 3, what happens in that resting place? This is where he restores and revives or refreshes your life, right? So three quick things about rest in the natural. So you hear that, okay, sure, okay, so rest is, I got to first get into God's love for me. I first just got to chill out, be in that love. But how do you actually do it here in the natural? And I want to give you three quick points on that. I believe this is what Joel and I have been implementing the last couple of years. And like I said, it is a game changer. First of all, you'll notice that he offers you rest. If I look at verse 2 again, he offers a resting place for me. You're going to have to take it. He is giving you permission to rest in December. When you maybe have Christmas gifts to buy because you're last minute. I don't understand that, but actually no, I still got one left. But he's offering rest to you. That's what it says. Your shepherd offers you rest. So just like everything that God offers you, you can respond or not respond. I encourage you, respond. He gives you permission to rest. Are you giving yourself permission to rest? Honestly, there is a lot of people out there that are going, going hard. And your season may be a busy one. I would say this is our busiest season, learning how to be an elementary family, preschool family, almost toddler family, and being pregnant at the same time. And for me, I'm a working mom. Joel works full time. Like, it's a busy season. But like I said, we have never tapped into rest this beautifully as we have before. And it's because God gave us permission to rest, and we accepted it and believed it. We were actually at a minister's conference a few years back. This is probably what really kicked it off. And a young minister, actually a friend of ours, he was probably, what, mid-30s at that point, and he was teaching on rest to a room of about 790 older ministers. Right? There was about 10 of us younger guys there. And he was saying, why do I have to wait until I'm like 50, 60, my wife's upset with me, my kids are upset with me, to take a rest? Why would I wait that long until I'm burnt out? I literally hit a wall and I can't go any further. He was encouraging, you got to tap into rest at any age that you're at. And I believe that that's for us today as well. So a couple quick things, like I said, an in the natural, everyday rest. After you've given yourself permission to rest, I would encourage you, make God the Lord of your rest. Okay? Let him provide it for you. You can go on those travel websites all you want, but let him lead you in the actual booking of the rest. <laughs> now, of course, rest is, that's such a tiny, tiny, tiny portion of rest going away, right? But for some personalities, I've learned, like I'm married to one, he has to actually leave the country in order to rest. Like he really needs that. 
But you've got to let God be the Lord of your rest. And here's our testimony. A couple years back, here in this church, we had a minister come in and he had a word for us. And God said to us, if you press into me, I will provide rest for you whenever you need it. I will provide even down to the money to get away. And to be honest, we took that word and we stood on it and we believed it. And I got to tell you, the things that have happened since we took that word and we said, okay, God, we're going to press into you. We're going to believe you for rest. And we're going to believe you for the finances or for the ability to work out our schedule for that to happen. One one just quick testimony that came out of that. Someone mailed us a $2,000 check. Some people that um, just said, we have you on our heart. We, We believe in your vision and we believe we're called to support you at people as people, not just as pastors and pray for you. And we believe we're supposed to give this to you for your rest. We use that to head out on a holiday, right? God has provided, that's just one of numerous testimonies. And times where, I'll tell you that one, I fought it. I said, Joel, I do not want to go on a holiday in May. Thank you very much. I'd rather go in January. (laughs) But I really did. I was like, I don't think that's the right timing. And he sensed in his heart, that's the right timing. Little did we know, everything that would take place that year, we needed that holiday right at that moment. It's incredible. Make him the Lord of your rest. And I'll include this, let him teach you how to rest. You may be a personality that rests very easily, right? That is like, yeah, I can take time for myself. I can slow down. I can put things aside. I can learn how to tap into God's rest for me. But you may be on the opposite side of that spectrum where you're like, what is this rest thing that you talk about? Let him teach you. Let him lead you in it. He is the best provider and he will show you because in all honesty, you can choose to rest or you will eventually hit a wall and life will force you to rest, right? Your body was not meant to go, go, go. Some people are looking for healing in their body and God's looking at you like, are you obeying like are you having some sort of Sabbath in your life? Like, don't, don't get all religious about it of when it has to be, but are you enjoying some sort of rest in your day, in your week, in your year? Really, honestly, you, our body is not meant to carry care and stress and worry. We are meant to rest, get refreshed, and then be launched out. So I said, number one, make God the Lord of your rest. Let him lead you in it. Number two, learn how to rest. Ask yourself, what does it look like for me? A pastor um, approached Joel a couple years ago, just kind of came alongside him as a mentor. He said, Joel, you need to do more of what your soul likes to do. Again, we are in the, this is a time period of us learning how to rest and really giving ourselves permission to rest. And this was summer, so Joel's like, well, I like to golf. And this guy's from Florida, so he's like, oh, golf, I golf all the time. But he said that's what keeps him healthy, right? He finds something he loves to do and gives himself permission to do it and builds it into his life schedule. Because someone in here just had the thought, yeah, right, I don't have time for that. Did you, do you want to hear something crazy? I read 41 books this year. The year's not over, so hopefully I'll get one more in. Like, that's kind of crazy with three kids, six and under, I think. (laughs) And the fact that the whole first trimester, you're basically staring at a wall because your pregnancy hormones are crazy if you haven't been there. But I read 41 books. Do you know how? Well, I'll tell you. (laughs) Because I 
Don't do some other things. Don't ask me how many times I went to the gym this year. That is irrelevant. <laughs> We're not going there. <laughs> but you could ask me how many movies did you watch or how many TV shows. Well, I don't do much of that because I want to read my book. That was something a couple years ago I had to ask myself, what is missing in my life? And it was rest. I was always going. I always got to learn. I got to learn. I got to learn. Him too, in our, in our times of like, okay, we have a few minutes to rest. Well, we better be in the word. Well, we better, if we're reading, we better be reading a teaching book. Go golfing? Well, I don't know. I maybe should be praying in tongues. I, I don't know if I can do that. That's not how we are designed. So learn how to rest and find out what it looks like for you. Find out what it looks like for your season. And here's another one when you're learning how to rest. Learn how to be alone. Be still and be quiet. <laughs> and I would look at my, um, you know, my younger brother-in-laws here and be like, oh, their generation always needs to have noise around and people around and phones around. And, and you know what? Uh, I realize that I struggle with just being quiet and being alone. I think we all do because culture is noisy and loud. And Jesus is like, well, I'm not going to compete with the noise. So you can be quiet Come to me and learn how to be in his presence, and you're going to get that rest. But you're going to have to learn this stuff. It's not, for our flesh, it's not nor normal, right? We actually have to learn to rest. And thirdly, choose, prioritize, and schedule rest. So like I said, God won't force rest on you, but if you don't choose rest, eventually burnout comes, right? And burnout and Christian, those shouldn't be together, right? That's not God's will for you. Burnout in terms of life. Burnout in terms of church involvement. I'll just say this. Like, there's some things that you can say because you're the pastor, and there's some things you should say because you're the pastors. And we could say this in all honesty. We have never been burnt out in ministry. And I could make this promise. Is this okay to make? I don't believe we ever will be burnt out in ministry because we've learned how to tap into his grace and we've learned how to tap into his rest, right? So choose rest, prioritize it, schedule it. Um, like for us, we, we choose rest daily, weekly, and quarterly. Do what works for you. Every day we find a little chunk of time that we can rest. And then every week we find what's a day where we can not be productive, where you don't need to be doing or producing. And then quarterly, every couple months, we find when's the time we could just get away for a few hours, right? Get away for maybe a night. I encourage you, prioritize it or else it won't happen. Now, we're just going to finish up with this really quick thoughts on peace because rest, you might give yourself permission. You might say, yes, I'm going to rest. Okay, that sounds good. But then guess what? Life, right? Life comes at you. I believe peace and rest go together. I believe once you choose rest, peace, tapping into God's peace will help keep you in rest. Everyone say, in rest. So rest gives us refreshment. It restores us. It's like a deep breath. But peace, it empowers us. It strengthens us. And you know, before I looked into a lot of God's scriptures on peace, did anyone find peace a wimpy word? No? Just, okay, just me, Scott and Joel. Like, like, peace be with you. I worked in a Catholic school. Peace be with you. When you really look at scriptures on peace, peace is empowering. Peace is 
strengthening. I'm going to show you this scripture in Philippians 4, verse 7, in the Amplified. It says, and the peace of God, that peace with which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. That doesn't sound like wimpy little, oh, peace be with you. Oh, peace be with you. No, I believe we all need those things. Hear what peace provided. It said peace that reassures your heart. Like, man, in this season, I, I really recognized in myself too, Christmas is hard for some people. If you've got if you've got stuff going on in your extended family, I mean, Christmas is a time of year where you probably have to see them. And it probably is going to stir up some stuff, right? I know for people that have lost loved ones, for me, I lost my dad at Christmas. And so to me, that's been a double, like, of course, at Christmas comes, you have memories, but I'm like, oh, but like, the memory of that day comes up. I tell you, I need peace. For all you people that are still going to the mall and shopping, you need peace, <laughs> right? You need these things that it's saying. Peace that reassures the heart. Peace that transcends all understanding. Peace that guards your heart. And then I love this. Look how that verse ends. What's the last two words? Is yours. Man, that's beautiful. You, re- you literally need peace in order to live on this earth, right? Now, that same verse, um, but in the, that's the Amplified, in the older Amplified, the classic one, it said, this peace will garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds. And that word garrison means it will protect and it will defend your hearts and minds. So you may choose to start operating in rest. Okay, I'm at peace with God. I'm at peace with myself. I'm at rest in my heart. I'm learning how to implement rest in my life. And then stuff will come at you. You can tap into that peace. You can take this scripture and say, no, this God's peace is mine. And this is what it is doing for me. Now looking at like often, like I said, I will ask the question, how, right? Well, there's a scripture in Isaiah that will tell you a little bit more of how you would do that. And it's going to be through your thinking, right? In Isaiah 26, verse 3, it says, you will keep in perfect peace. And we're all like, yes, yes, you'll keep me in perfect peace. Then it goes on to say, all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. So if you want to choose this peace that empowers you, you know, if you want to tap into it, you're going to have to keep your thoughts on God. And, you know, that word thoughts is actually your imagination, which we were learning about a bit this fall, your godly imagination. You got to, when you're entertaining thoughts, you can entertain thoughts of worry. You can go down this path or you can go down this path. And I would encourage you, do that verse, choose God's truth. I'll put it this way. What God says in his word has got to be more real to you and to me than what I'm seeing out here. Because again, the promise from Jesus, the promise we all post on our fridges, in this world you're going to have trouble. (laughs) No, it's a guarantee, right? In this world you're going to have trouble, but take heart, he's overcome it. So that truth that this peace is available, like like literally, you know, when you're up here, if if you're ever called to do this, you will be like, it's like you're here, you hear thoughts going on out there in the congregation. And I can hear someone saying too, like, you have no idea 
what's going on in my life? How could there be peace? No, 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 no. God didn't say, oh, your situation is really bad. So yeah, that peace, that's not for you right now. No, no, that peace that reassures that your heart, that peace that, that transcends or surpasses all understanding is yours. That's despite any circumstances. But you're going to have to set your mind on what he says in here and not be as affected. And you know what? That's a learning curve, right? Start with one area. I, like for me, I identify triggers. Hmm, the kids coming in and waking me up early in the morning or like standing above me breathing, apparently that's a trigger for me. <laughs> Joel, Joel rolled over the other day. He's like, patience, Jamie. I'm like, patience? There's someone like standing over me telling me they have to pee and they've been peeing alone for like four years. You just go pee yourself. But you may have to identify, I'm not the only one with triggers, thank you. You may have to identify those triggers that pull you out of peace, right? There's nothing more um, important than keeping that peace. Like we said, we need it to live in this life. We need it to stay and rest. So identify things that try and pull you out of peace. And I just want to close with this last scripture. John 14, 27. I love it because it's Jesus speaking. And that's what we're talking about this whole season. Because he came, this is what he brought. This is what he gave us. This is what he did for us. And this is what Jesus says. I leave the gift of peace with you. My peace not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. Another translation says, stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. (laughs) Seriously, Jesus said that, not me. (laughs) He said, here's my gift of peace. Now, how do you stay in that peace? How do you keep that peace? Again, it's not, well, he did this to me. No, no one is allowed to just come and steal your peace, right? It's you who gives it away. And so this is how you keep it. Like I said, stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. Another translation says, do not let your heart be troubled. You, I really wanted to print that out for everyone. <laughs> but, you know, you can write it for yourself. Put that one on your fridge. You can literally wake up in the morning and see that. Do not let your heart be troubled. That's how you'll keep that peace that's going to empower you. That's how you'll be able to enter into God's rest. And I believe that's how you're going to be able to show God's love to all the wonderful family members you're going to come into contact with this season. So I just want to close with this. Um, again, It's too costly not to rest. Like God needs you and he needs you for the long term, right? There's people who have gone home to heaven early because they were like, I got to do this for God. I got to do this for God. You got to rest. You got to let him be the Lord of your rest. You got to let him lead you into it. And then in that resting, as life is happening, as people are getting at you, as people are speaking against you, as stuff is coming up, don't. Let anything take that peace away. Let that peace empower you. And for those of you who are feeling like a little bit, my heart is a little troubled. I want to encourage you, let that go this Christmas season. I'm going to pray over you in a moment. But if you can think of maybe there's a relationship that's broken in you, in your family, between you and a family member. Maybe there's someone that you need to forgive this season. Maybe you need to just give yourself some permission to rest and be. 
I encourage you to do that because God needs you. Hey, thanks for listening. If you live in the central Alberta region of Canada, we would love to have you come out and check out one of our weekend messages. For more info on all of our directions, service times, and children's programs, visit our website at impactlife.ca. That's impactlife.ca.